and welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Robbie Calland, Uprock Sports here. Um, Robbie covered golf for CBS Sports. He's been a, a compadre of ours. Uh, Robbie, we also get to, to chat a little bit on the punt cast. So uh, thank you so much. We're excited about doing some uh, some episodes here on the First Cut, some three-man weave. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. Excited to get back in the golf game a little bit. Uh, I've, I've, I've missed talking about golf. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to play a ton recently. You did play Sawgrass though. I did play Sawgrass last year. Uh, so I feel, feel confident, uh, that I, that I'm just, I'm just dialed in on the course now. Uh, (laughs) I shot, I shot, shot a tidy 91 Mm. and, uh, and, and I'm ready, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to pick some winners. But, uh, no, I think the one thing that, I didn't appreciate about Sawgrass until I played it um, was how difficult it is to hold fairways there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really know what it's like to play like one of those types of courses. Like I played East Lake and some of the like Atlanta area PGA courses and like, they're not real super tough, tough. Um, like if you hit it in the rough, you're in trouble. But Sawgrass, I think the crazy thing was like, you have to hit, they're like halves of fairways that that you have to hit. Damn. Um, because if you don't, you're either going to roll into a bunker, which happened to me at least three times. I think I hit eight fairway bunkers at Sawgrass. <laughs> um, you're going to roll into a bunker, or you're just going to be stuck behind, like there's like palm trees that are just strategically placed in your way. Um, it's, it's way more of like, you know, they, you always kind of, I think as a viewer, you roll your eyes when they talk about the mental grind of Sawgrass. It's very real. Because, mm. like, when you start hitting fairways and you think, oh, that was a great shot, and then it just rolls into a bunker and you have to play not to the green because you're behind a tree in a bunker. Right. That wears on you when you thought off the tee, this is a perfect shot. Kyle, have you played Sawgrass? I haven't, but but I agree with that. And I think I think in a lot of ways – Sawgrass has become a little bit underrated and, yes. and I and I think that like the the problem is that we everybody just freaks out about the 17th hole and like I don't know like there's just so much attention paid to that but the course is like it, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it I was stunned by that whenever I went uh them redoing I think what is it 12 redoing 12 and then just the finish when you get 15 16 17 18 like you have to you have to hit like I mean like Robbie was saying you have to be on a certain side of the fairway to have a good angle and and I didn't I don't know I think until you see a course you don't appreciate that in general but especially so there yeah I mean and I think part of it is you know, the funny thing is I thought 17 was one of the it was not intimidating yeah personally yeah. part of it was they were doing some construction so you couldn't even see water you can't even see the water over the back of the green yeah so it doesn't even really feel like the island green um and i, I think part of that was the the construction they were doing um on the walkway and so like they had like a barricade up on the back like just like a little fence and you couldn't see uh couldn't see the water so that that kind of helped a little bit it just felt like you were hitting over water uh but also like you know you've got a pitching wedge or or a nine iron in hand if you're going to saw one off and um it's a big green the hardest thing the hardest thing is finding the right tier of the green like i you know obviously there's a difference between me playing on a 
you know, Friday afternoon and being there on the weekend at the players with everybody around. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I think, like you said, everybody gets dialed in on the 17th. And, yeah, but it's, it's 135-yard shot. Most of these guys will be fine. It'll be interesting this week because wind should be up. I, I think that's uh, pretty exciting and going to make the tournament – I think it's also going to make people appreciate Sawgrass a little more. Um, Winds are supposed to be 10 to 15 pretty much all weekend. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the way Pete Dye wants the course played. Um, because it isn't the longest course, it isn't. Um, but, like, that makes hitting those halves of fairways even tougher. That makes hitting, you know, those perfect shots even tougher. Um, and moving it up brought the wind back into play a little more there. But, yeah, I mean, like... 18 for me was way more intimidating than 17. Standing on the 18th tee when all you see is blue. Yeah. That's awful. 18's insane. Rory was talking about that. Rory said that like 17 is nothing compared to the 18 tee shot. No, 18, standing on the tee at 18, and I I yanked one in the water. Yeah. And then, and then, then, uh, as soon as you yank one in the water, like you don't get to drop anywhere because it's all water carry. Yeah. So it's not like you can be like, oh, I'll go drop up where it crossed. No, it crossed ten feet in front of you, buddy. Well, and and the uh, and the bailout there is is like oh, it's a, in the trees. Yeah, it's like an auto double bogey. Yeah. No, that's so what I made. It's cool. You, like if you don't hit a perfect tee shot, you're making a six on eighteen. So did you yeah, put the second one in the water? No, I put the second one in jail in the trees. Yeah. Yeah. And I hacked out to about a hundred yards, and like tried to get up and down. It was, it's a. Like, and then, and that being your, the end of the day, you know, you talk about that mental grind and you talk about like, you know, you, you're sitting there and like number 10, like, Oh, I hit a perfect tee shot. No, it's in a bunker behind a tree. You talk, you know, 12, like you're just, you're working, you're working. And then you get to 18, you're standing there and you're like, really, this is what you give me to work with. <laughs> There's this little, like it, it looks, the fairway looks five yards wide from the tee. Yeah, it does. It really it, does. It's like. And if you're, if you're not willing to try to carry that little corner, you're going in the trees or you're hitting like two iron off the tee and laying back and have two twenty in, which is not going to be a bargain to make par because that green stuff to hit anyway. So what do y'all think? What do y'all think winning score is going to be? Because I, I, Kyle, you kind of sent me down on this lane where it's like the PGA tour is going to want birdies. The PGA tour like wants to, wants to open this up. And after, uh, you know, the compliments that we had for uh, some tougher conditions and, you know, the, you know, let me, let me get out my wine and my handkerchief, the truer test that we sort of saw in the <laughs> last two tournaments, like I, I kind of had prepared myself for uh, like 19 under to be the winning score. Well, the, yeah, the, there's a couple of different things working against each other here. And, and the first is that it's going to be like, like Robbie said, it's going to be a lot windier. And so I think conditions on these water holes are going to be it's going to be that's going to be hard and it and and tiger was talking about in addition to that it's just the course is just playing a lot longer in in march than it than it does in may he was talking about how he had to hit i think it was like three wood three iron into 18 whereas last year he hit like three iron nine iron or something like that um and so but the 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 flip side is that the, the rough isn't as high. You know, they've talked, right. Phil, Phil was talking about they cut the rough down a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I mean, historically speaking, uh, March scores have been a stroke higher uh, than, than, than the ones in May. That's a good stat. 
but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty intrigued to see what the winning score is. And I think I, I just think all of it depends on the wind. Like if it, if it blows, I think scores will be up. And if it doesn't, then I think, I think you could see scores. Yeah. I think you could see 20 under win it. So the prop at uh, Westgate right now is two seventy four and a half. So uh, fourteen under would be under. Yeah. So they're they're looking for they're looking for it to be up. Uh, yeah. Last year Webb won at eighteen, and everybody else is at fourteen mm-hmm. behind him. Damn right he did. He should have been at twenty one. He like tripled. But he the shot. Line. Well, he shot one over in the final round and shot eighteen under. I know it was crazy. Um, that was the most anticlimactic Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was up like eight strokes coming. Yeah. It was like cool. He almost he made a t- he almost made a ten on eighteen though. He did. It was it was it was terrible. It was the worst uh, rooting situation because he had been in so many you know the the playoff loss in Phoenix to Hideki like he he had been in a lot of those spots where it was there for the win and he had ended up like T two or or T three. So like there was this on Saturday night kind of creeping inevitability nervousness to the conversation uh, among the Broughton High School faithful, but then quickly, <laughs> quickly on Sunday you're like, all right, no one is getting him. It's for sure in the bag. Yeah. I didn't think Chip would be the first person to mention Hideki on this podcast. That is an upset. Yeah, I'm a little upset. I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> what's what's the uh, what the, the the president founder? CEO and CFO of the Hideki stock, Robbie Calland. I think I think uh, Sean Martin might have something to say about. That. Oh, that's I right. About, I was about to say Sean, Sean and I, Sean and I share an affinity uh, for Hideki. And Sean's uh, listening he some of those titles. He's hey, Sean, been on it longer than I have. Okay, that's that's good to clear the air uh, because it's probably two thirty a.m. in Sean's ears right now. He's with an infant and. He uh, he needs to know that he his, his honor is we, yeah. Whenever we're to, whenever we're in the same room though, there's a decky talk. I think I think <laughs> uh, can attest. I think Sean is uh, was deep in like the Japanese amateur game. So yeah, that's that's why I'm saying he he was probably on him on him early. <laughs> Sean Sean's probably on everybody early. Sean's seen 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 some things. Uh, <laughs> college foreign amateur. Yeah, for sure. He's way more dialed than any of us on that. So you don't, you don't, Sean. yeah, shouts to Sean. He, we, we know, he knows circuits we've never dreamed of. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What's your Hideki outlook for the players? Uh, I mean, he's been playing fine. I st- the flat stick's still not going. This is the same thing we've talked about with Hideki for six years now. Yeah. Um, it all comes down to that. I mean, like he's, he's always, I, I always give him a chance on these tough courses, especially something like Sawgrass. We talk about, you have to hit perfect shots. You have to be perfectly placed. If there's anybody that that's able to do that, it's a guy like Hideki. Uh, the question is, can he, can he roll in some 15 footers? It's always the question with him. It was the question at the PGA in 2016 when he couldn't make a putt over four feet. And I was there and it was depressing. Um, he shot like 68 on Saturday and didn't make a putt. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always that with Hideki. I, I, th- I think he'll be, you know, top 20, you know, he'll be, he'll be lurking, but I, I just, 
I think Sawgrass is one of those places you have to be able to roll in 15 to 20 foot birdie putts because you're going to have a lot of those. You're not. It's it's so hard to just stick stuff close at Sawgrass uh, because so many times you have to just play the course. Um, that's going to be it's going to be somebody who can who can get hot with the flat stick, and that's usually not not Hideki's game. Matsuyama head to head for the tournament against Sergio Garcia. Minus one twenty for Garcia. Minus one ten for Hideki. Take Hideki there. I take Sergio. You like you like the Sergio outlook here. I, I've seen him high on people's you know scouting or power ranking at Sawgrass. He knows it. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing a lot, but maybe maybe I'm just juxtaposing like how badly he was playing to how well he's been playing recently. Um, but he's been. I feel like he's been hitting it really well. He played pretty good in Mexico. Let's see. He's got. He was T9 at Honda, T6 at Mexico, uh, T3 at Dubai. Um, so he's got, you know, three top, what is that, top 10s mm-hmm. and, a, and a DQ in his last Yeah, I was going to say, so is this post all post-temper tantrum? No. The, well, the Honda in Mexico were, were right. post. Uh, Dubai was during, right? No, du- was. no Saudi was Arabia. Yeah. Dubai, he was T3, and then he lost his mind in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> That's right. That. That's right. But yeah, no, I, 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 I like him here. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm really intrigued to, and maybe I'm like overstating this. Uh, Jeff Shackelford did this thing about how like golf balls are sitting in the rough and how like you're not going to get as many buried lies when you're missing fairways mm-hmm. as, as usual. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if that favors like the, the DJ JB Holmes, you know, Rory gr- crowd or, yeah. And he's had some good finishes here too. So I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> he did maybe shoot I'm... the sixties until a 63 on Sunday last year. Yeah, I know. I know. Backdoor, uh, like a and maybe I'm overstating just like the course conditions that I just feel like that's the thing that I'm most intrigued by going in. So with the idea being that because like, why does it favor the bombers with the way it sits? Elaborate on that just a little bit. Well, um, I don't know. Well, it's I, just I, I, it's it's mostly you can you can feel a little more comfortable pulling a bigger club off the tee, and if yeah, it rolls it, through, then you can still get you know if you can if you can get yourself in position to have eight nine pitching wedge in. And it, then it doesn't Even matter where it is. Up, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're still going to be able to get clean contact. You're going to be able to stop the ball in the greens. I, th- I think that's the big. That's the biggest thing about Sawgrass Rough. Is and it, and they're saying it's specific, it's specific right now to the time of year and the way they've got it cut. Yeah, right. because it's, they can't really grow in the in the winter, and right. so they're not able to get it get it up or overseeded. You know, um, because now would be when you're kind of overseeding. But if you can't get it that thick and so if you can get clean contact out of the rough, that means you can stop the ball in the greens. That's usually the issue at Sawgrass. Is like the greens are always running super fast. They're usually pretty hard. And if you're hitting out of the rough, you have to be playing way short of the pin and, and letting it run out. And if you can throw it closer and stop it um, out of the rough because you're able to get cleaner contact, then, then that's an advantage. And I, and I think that like when you're – yeah, like, like Robbie said, like when, if you're in the rough and, and all you can do is hack it out, Mm-hmm. then everybody's sort of on the same playing field there, whether you're 340 or, two, you know, 290. 
you're still just like chipping out to like a, a spot. But if you're able to, yeah, like get some spin on it, stop it on what it sounds like are softer greens than normal. Um, that's one thing that, that's one thing. Another thing that Tiger talked about is just like how the greens are so much slower and softer than they normally are, which I'm kind of disappointed in. I don't think that makes for like great championship level golf. Um, but it, it might. And so that, and that's the fear. Like it is, it's just going to turn into like a, Pin hunting. a, a glorified, uh, like memorial, right. you know, where, where you're just like, and that's probably a bad example, like a glorified, uh, Jack coming I, for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like Phoenix open, you know, where you're just, where you're just murdering it and then just trying to wedge up as close as you can. And I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think the thing that I like about Sawgrass is that it rewards guys that, I mean, Robbie open talking about this, like rewards guys who can, who can place the ball like in specific positions. And I'm, I'm curious to see if the rough being down and, and sort of these softer conditions take away from that, and produce, I mean, you're still going to have a great leaderboard because you have a great field, right? But I, I'm, I'm just curious to see how that affects kind of the way things play out. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'll be interested to see how much they how much they do over the course of the week to maybe dry it out depending on conditions to, to kind of whether they cut and roll um, to, to maybe juice it up for, for the weekend at least. Um I wouldn't be surprised if conditions kind of change as the week goes on. Yeah. Uh, in that regard, mm-hmm. a guy, if we're talking about bombers and we're talking, be, we love to say it, beware the injured golfer, J day. Mm. If we're talking about guys that have a track record out of the course of playing pretty well, guys that can send it off the tee and you know, he's obviously coming off the WD, a little trip to Disney to get the mind right. And, uh, <laughs> I think he's like, he says, says the back's feeling good. Yeah. He, you know? Well, he, he said last week he had like a tear and a couple of like discs and now he's he like, ah, some slip disc type that, yeah, now he's, now, now he's feeling, feeling good. Amped yeah, up. I think I'm good, mate. Good to go. He's got the same thing as, uh, you know, like a, a back that flares up right when it's time to, uh, to like do some chores. Right. Like it, it, it can, <laughs> it conveniently lines up with the SEC on CBS three thirty afternoon. Like, oh, oh, my laying back on the, laying on the couch with the heat pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I just gotta get it. You know, it's tight, locked up on me. I know that you wanted to take everything out of the china cabinet and put it all back in, but I'm gonna need to lay down for a while. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. All right. We will get into, of course. I mean, we what what is a golf podcast without mentioning uh, expectations for Tiger Woods? We'll get into that plus our expert picks right after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, Tiger expectations here? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. He, 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 it, it's weird because I think we've, when we talk about him or think about him having an injury, it's either, it's either been all or nothing, right? He's yeah. either been totally on the shelf or completely fine. And, and so I don't know how to feel about something that's like a one week thing. You're like, well, is it a one week thing or is it, is it longer term? Because my experience with you, my history with you is that everything is longer term. What, no matter what we say in the moment. Now, if you're talking strictly golf, I I mean, I expect him to finish in the top 10. He finished T11 here last year, uh, T10 at Mexico. So like all the like converging, you know, data points are that he'll, he'll play great, but I don't know. I'm 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 not totally like convinced or in on him being a hundred percent. That's always the concern. And like you know, he'll he'll talk, he'll talk a good game, and he'll say, oh, "I'm feeling good." And then on Sunday, we'll find out that he wasn't a hundred percent or something like that. And um, I wouldn't bet on Tiger <laughs> to win. Like, and they don't even have. They haven't even posted anything for like a top 10, top 20 odds on him because I think the, the books are just as afraid of that as everybody else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like if, if he's right, he's a top 15 here. Like just pencil it in. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he knows how to get around. If if the rough – and if the rough's down, that's he's a guy that benefits a lot because – well, he's Tiger. He doesn't hit fairways. Is Tiger the most high floor golfer around right now? If he's right, yeah. I don't know if he's the highest floor. Like, I still think, I feel like healthy DJ is above him. Mm. The highest floor, right? Like right now, like this week. Yeah. I mean, I think Rory's floor is pretty high. Like, he, yeah, R- Rory does not have terrible tournaments. Like he hasn't like he's an he's been an auto top ten this year. Every tournament. Every every you know, West Coast, Hawaii, wherever. Doesn't matter. Well, auto our, top ten. Our, our argument our our active argument right now is that right if just based on performance right now and the recent events, you could say Rory and Ricky are on top of the game. Uh DJ. Oh DJ. Rory Rory Rory, DJ. Rory yeah. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing, though, with Rory and DJ, and this is the thing that that fascinates me about about both Sawgrass and Sawgrass conditions this week is, 
in the last, I think it's three years, they only have Rory and DJ only have one combined top ten at uh, at Sawgrass. Hmm. Yeah, no, the last four years, and it was Rory in in fifteen. He finished T eight, four strokes behind Ricky. And other than that, they, they neither of them has another top ten, and yet they're the two co favorites. They are uh, maybe going to benefit the most from the 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 course conditions or maybe not i don't i don't know again like i don't i don't know how that's going to work but those two i think are the most um and they're also like two of the most appealing storylines for augusta right like if if rory wins players all of a sudden augusta is just blown up you know like he's the he's the he's the favorite or if or if dj wins players so i i think that um and and Ricky, I think is is in that conversation a little bit as well, but not. I don't think as much so as those two. They're you know DJ and Rory are the only two guys on the tour with over two and a half strokes gained per round. Uh, there's only four guys total with over uh, two two strokes gained per round, and it's JT, Rory, DJ, and Xander, which is interesting. But by, by the by the way, don't don't steal my expert pick here. The X Man, baby. <laughs> Oh, that's my expert pick. <laughs> X-Man, baby. I, look, here's the, like, it, let me, let's go ahead and get in. Yeah, so let's, last year he was T2. absolutely. Last year he was T2, but, like, he always plays well at these big tournaments. I know, I know. He is a he does. big game hunter. He loves, like, he's not flustered. Um, you talk about a guy that can, he can roll it pretty well. He doesn't make big mistakes off the tee. Which again, we talk about this week. It might not be as crucial, but there's still water out there, and it doesn't matter if the rough's short if you find the agua. Um, and he's just—I I think there are so many guys. I feel like that win a players before they win that first major. Mm. And, and I, I think that's that's the step for Xander here. I, I would—I I, think—I think he's the best value out there. I think he's twenty-five to one. Yeah, he is. He, he's kind of like he's kind of like Minnie Brooks, mm-hmm. Minnie Kepka. He just shows up at the big big events and just beasts. Yeah, I mean, he won the w, he won uh, HSBC Champions in the fall. Uh, he won Hawaii, which you know it's not a huge event, but uh, it was when Gary Woodland was killing it, chased him down. Yeah, yeah. it's a good so, field. Like, I mean, he he's. He's one of those dudes, um, and just you know, I, I like him. Um, I think probably, my, yeah, he, at twenty-five to one, I just feel like he's just a really good value. Well, and and look at the company that he's keeping. So again, there's only there's only four guys that are over one. Uh, yeah, I think it's over one point nine strokes gained per round. Uh, Xander's at two point two, JT's at two point three, and uh, DJ and Rory are at two point five, and so. He's yeah, like that's that's elite company to be, and it's not like we're two tournaments in. You know, we're no. a third of the way through the season. So yeah, and it's and it's also like I mean, like he's got a track record. Like last year, he was just a top ten machine at majors. Right. Uh, I I I think I think this is a spot where where he could he could very easily break through. Um, I was a little upset. That Cabrera Bayo had to play as always did last week because I always I always love a little uh, love a little RCB at like sixty to one. Yeah. Even though Striking he's never won. It. Even though he, he never, never wins. wins. He never wins. He's a. <laughs> I'll tell you this. RCB DFS hero. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> DFS here. When I used to do it for Sportsline, always. Didn't he? Because uh, like, he's like 4800 bucks. Yeah. Didn't he make an albatross on 16 last year or something, two years I ago? I think so. I think so. He finished um, He finished like 3-2-3 three, three or something just <laughs> just stupid. Like he, he's <laughs> – he seriously, he might have closed like three, three, two, three over the last four holes. I mean, it was uh, nuts. I love, uh, I love, I love an RCB play. It never, it never wins, but like I always have, I always have like something small in him at Augusta, like a hundred to one. Because I'm like, if it if pops, he gets it, if he gets it, gotta be there. It's like Spanish Hideki for me. <laughs> like one of these days, he's gonna do it. Spanish Hideki, that's great. I mean, he's a ball striker. Few people hit it better than him. He doesn't putt great. Who's Just your saying. pick to win, Kyle? Yeah. Uh, my pick to win is JT. Hmm. Right. See, I've got JT and Xander both in this very simple, not very high-minded or deep analysis where I watch them play golf, and I'm like, dude, he is sick. Yeah. And then he goes well, to the next hole, and he has just stripes it, and I'm like, Dang, he is sick. And I say that yeah. over and over again. And I and I was kind of saying this going into I think it was Cabrera Bayo finished four two two four in seventeen, <laughs> <laughs> which is he went two two on sixteen and seventeen, which is that'll never happen again, ever, ever. No. Uh, yeah, I've got. I mean, I was saying this going into Riviera. It felt like three JT wins in his next eleven starts or whatever, and I feel like he should have won Riviera. He didn't play very well in the final round, and and I, you know, I, with him, I I love him at like championship style courses where it's it's fast and it's firm, and he can he can hit that like you know two thirty five iron to just six feet like he's just so good from that distance and so i'm a little bummed that it feels like it's playing a lot softer this year at at, uh, sawgrass um but he i mean he has a history here he finished i think fourth in his debut a couple years ago um you know he i can't remember where he finished it at honda i think he finished like you know 25th or 30th or something like that but other than that, he'd been playing great golf. You know, he, he had that run at at <laughs> at fifty nine in Mexico where he said he started thinking about fifty nine at the turn, which is a lie because he's always thinking about fifty nine. <laughs> and uh yeah, I just I don't know. He's he's on another level than I think most guys on tour right now. I love the I when we when we have to pick winners for the uh a field like the players or any major, it's it's pretty easy to talk yourself into a lot of them because they're the best players in the world. So like mm-hmm. who, who are you, who are y'all fading? Like who was, when you were going through this process and you know, I guess for, for any listeners that might have the, the fantasy or the pool interests, like who are the, who are those golfers that you know are at the top of the rankings and uh, you know, high, vo- how va- high value players but just ones that you just you, you don't like for whatever reason, one reason or another, uh, their chances to win or really perform up to standard John, this week. John Rom. Mm. Mm. I, really? Uh, I, 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 you talk about the mental grind of Sawgrass. I, I, I think he's gonna. He has. Like, if we're talking about to win, I would not come close to putting money on John Rom. I, I think he's just 
he's still got some steps to take in my mind uh, to being able to mentally handle the unfortunate things that are out of his control where he hits a good shot and it ends up in a bunker <laughs> and not melt down. Right. Like he always does. Like he's just, he's, he's still trying to dial that in. And look, when he's on, he's great. But I just think a course like Sawgrass is the type of place that's going to wear on him. And he's going to have a stretch on Saturday where he goes like bogey par double and just quick eject. John, the same reason I, I, I like last year, he showed me a lot at Augusta, but I I think, I think he's still, I I think Sawgrass is is, is a place where he's got to figure out. And I don't, I I don't like him in that top tier. Um, I I think, I think Rom's the guy that, that just from a fading perspective, like he's, he's the type of guy that just like one bad break at Sawgrass. And I think it can all just collapse on him. What about you, Uh, Kyle? I kind of want to fade DJ. Mm. I don't hate that either. I also will know you'll, you'll know I'll never be on this podcast picking one of the top guys. <laughs> By the way, how, how hard can I fade Phil? Oh my God. What's a ma- Let me, let me look at the matchups here. He, he's, he's 60 to one. Uh, he's, he's going to miss. Oh, the cut. I mean, mm, head to head against by Patrick Reed. Way, you want to lay, would you like to lay minus four fifty that he's not going to finish in the top 20? <laughs> <laughs> Can I put the mortgage on? Skip <laughs> uh, a matchup because, like, I I love Phil matchups at like Augusta now because he's overvalued at Augusta every yeah, year. It's yeah, a really it's a tough payout against Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed minus one thirty five. Mm. Oh, still late. Uh, John Rom, by the way, up against Bryson. Bryson at minus one hundred five. I'll take the delicate genius. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he hasn't he's been, been playing playing bad. Well. I, how about how about Spieth is fifty to one? When's the last time you saw Jordan Spieth fifty to one? To so I'm I'm saving I'm saving my my uh, my shekel on Spieth for Augusta. Yeah, I hope I hope he I hope he continues to just look mediocre, and I want I want him coming into Augusta at like forty to one. Yeah, where I will, where Robbie just, will be heavy on Jordan. I feel I almost feel like Spieth could be could like hold his Augusta presser and be like, you know what? I'm playing terrible. I've decided to play left-handed, and he would be twenty to one to win the Masters. <laughs> Jordan Spieth has fallen to the point where his head-to-head for the players has him as an underdog with a nice payout to Lucas Glover. Oh my gosh! Are you serious? <laughs> Plus yeah. one twenty-five, Jordan Spieth, Lucas Glover at <laughs> minus one fifty-five. Oh my gosh! Jordan is sixteen to one at Augusta. They will not budge. I want yeah. him. I want no. to get him to twenty. They he well he might get there, but I think he can get to twenty. It's uh, I don't know, man. It hasn't been good, and I th- I I think the thing about Spieth is that like because so and we've talked about this a lot, all three of us probably, but because he's so even when he's good, he's so slappy, and so like when he's bad, it just looks like horrendous. It's brutal. You're yeah. just like, how's this guy? And like I get it, like, and it, the thing the thing that kind of pisses me off that people forget is like, he was number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained on approach shots like two years ago. And people were like, "Oh, he's a great putter, great putter. His putting makes up for everything." No, he was like the best ball striker in the world two years ago, 
And that's the thing that it's uh, the putting is like, whatever, it'll come back, it'll go again. It's just that is what it is. But the ball striking and especially off the tee has just been it's been bad. And and so when he, you know, gets into these WGCs and there's not a cut, you're like, oh, my gosh, he's going to shoot like 300 this week. (laughs) I mean, it's so it's. It, and it just it looks bad too, but I don't know. I'm still if if anybody wants to sell stock, I'll I'll purchase it. Just still. Um, what do you think? I Robbie. Yep. Our man over here, KP, really feels a good Ian Poulter round coming up. Good real Ian Poulter tournament. Yeah. Okay. How you feel? I, I, Ball striker. I want it. I need it. Need it in your life. Yeah, I I go for like a uh, an Ian Poulter. How about an Ian Poulter Tiger weekend? Hey, okay. Let's go. Okay, okay. Ryder Cup am- vibes. That'd be amazing. By the way, if you want to dial it in, Ian Poulter minus one hundred five versus Rafa Ferrer Uh I don't like that matchup, but oh, I don't like it either. I love Rafa. Poulter's <laughs> uh, four top sixes in his last five events. Finished T two here two years ago. I think he was top twelve last year. He's he's been he's been playing some good golf pretty quietly too, which is not how he does anything. So <laughs> no, uh, yeah, fifty to one. Don't hate that. What are some of the but other I, sleepers that we like? Uh, I'll start with a sleeper I don't like, and this is usually a guy that I'm just all over for everything as a sleeper because he's always fifty to sixty one, but he's just not playing well right now, and that's Usti. Mm. That hurts yeah. me. Hurts me. Hurts me deep inside my soul. But he's got some. He's got some things to figure out. Um, I'm not buying the Keith Mitchell run continuing here at 100 to one. Um, well, Barnrat 150 to one. Ek, where you at? He's li- he's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh I like Kisner eighty to one and I like uh Siwoo at sixty. Yeah. I like both of those a lot. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh how's Noren been playing? Is he not I haven't heard much from him. No, he hasn't done much. How about Cam Champ at one fifty? One fifty? Cam Champ is uh is he is he the new most boomer but we talk about who's got the highest floor. Who's got the biggest disparity between floor and ceiling? It's yeah, he he's been playing just not he not shot like eighty three the other day. Yeah, and I uh, the the hard part for him is and and this is I don't know I get it if you're the PJ Tour but they like he won a, an opposite field event and all of a sudden he's like the next Ricky Fowler like in yeah. terms of promotion and marketing and you're like wow he won one time in college like are we doing this like is this is this the is this the road we're going down because i'd I'd like to see a little bit more before we start (laughs) pumping you know him on the on the feature groups and in the commercial i i don't know i just you want to hear something kind of sad uh i i'd forgot who used the term but they were definitely using it like in a joking manner but uh the term just an They've got just another live under par bot ready to step up into its place. When I think <laughs> of a live under par bot, I think about Cameron Champ. Yeah. You know who I don't hate as a sleeper? I don't hate, uh, like, I know he didn't play well last week at Bay Hill, especially on the weekend, but uh, Keeks at 60 to 1 mm. played well here last year. 
you know, one of those guys that, you know, when he's finding fairways, he's pretty good. He could, and he's putting it way better this year. What about Keimer at 150? Mm, I'm out. <laughs> he's won here. He played pretty well a couple weeks ago. Oh, you know, you, you can always talk me into a Bo Hostler play at 150 to one. I love Bo Hostler. There's some there's some pretty intriguing names at 150 to one, right? There are. Siwoo uh, head to head against Matthew Wallace. Siwoo is plus 115. Give me Siwoo. Yeah, I'll take that. For sure. I love how I love how the bottom your your four your four worst odds before you get to a field bet, which what? Uh are, are Kevin Tway, Danny Willett, Masters Legend, Eddie Pepperell, and uh and the Duff. Not going well for Duffner right now. No, it's not. He's he's not been playing well. Really? Yeah. Mm, disappointing. <laughs> They showed him last week at Bay Hill. They were like, look at this iron shot from Duffner. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then they, they flashed like the graphic at the top, and it was like, plus six. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Friday. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, any Robbie, any other bold predictions or expectations for the players? Uh, not really. I'll take, uh, I would take Rose plus 250 to finish in the top ten. Mm. Rose's what Rose, Rose had one bad tournament oh. recently, right? Miscut. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but he's he's just you know he's so solid. He's, he's he's just so solid. It's hard not to just be like, yeah, I'll buy. Kyle, bold predictions. Uh, I I sort of already mentioned it, but it's just DJ. I I, I would even go so far as to say DJ missing the cut. Mm. Mm. I know, and it sounds crazy, right? Because he's just he's twenty three under or whatever in Mexico. He's been playing great, but I don't know. He just there's something about Sawgrass. He hasn't played his best golf there. Uh, I just I don't I don't know. I don't it sounds crazy. Popcorn. It sounds crazy because twelve minutes ago you told me DJ had the highest floor on tour. No, I said Rory. Okay, no, that was me. Right, Rory. Yeah. Um. Well, right, but be- best wrong. best of luck to DJ because, uh, you know someone's got to put those lips in right you need four rounds for it he uh <laughs> he, he uh he'll probably win by like nine yeah <laughs> just be j- j- just walk away with this uh in in web simpson style running away so my top five we had, we had to do this for cbssports.com give our top five i said uh in, in order and it's always hilarious because you're like wow if it plays out like this this is going to be absolutely just insane but I had uh, JT, Fleetwood, Xander, Poulter, Rory. It'd be pretty fun. That'd be delightful. Yeah, it'd be pretty great. I had Xander, Rory, JT, DJ, Fleetwood. Fleet, Fleetwood is is like just lurking. Like he's gonna win one of these, I think. And then we're gonna be like, oh yeah, he's sick. Like he's unbelievable. He's na- oh yeah, he's nasty. Yeah. This dude just hits the ball perfect every time. And I feel like he's and that's he's another guy that I feel like is sort of negatively affected by soft and slow that mm. would be helped by firm and fast because and we see this at US Opens, he's just he's just you know, filthy from like two fifty, two forty, just yeah. these distances that he can he can shape it, he can hold it. Um and I'm bummed that we don't, you know, we're not gonna get as much of that in, in a week like this as we normally would. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say that this is another one in line with the the what's what's the I think that you use this, but the one of these things is not like the other Fleetwood tournament performance where he's yeah, gonna re- he's gonna reel yeah. off like 65, 66, 67, 73. But the 73 might be on Saturday or Friday. You never know when it's coming. Yeah, last week he was like 67, 68, 76, 68. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Fleetwood this. I'm going to assume that, that, that the Fleetwood play is going uh, to be in the cards again for the Masters. And then mm-hmm. maybe when we get out to Pebble for the U.S. Open, Fleetwood has his breakthrough moment. But I don't think it's here at the players. Mm, I'd love to see him win Pebble. That would be, be awesome. Be awesome. Uh, we, yeah, we'll, we will be back, obviously, uh, to preview all of the majors, including this one, the fifth major. Uh, <laughs> much love to the PGA Tour for, for everything they do and for uh, TPC Sawgrass. That's Robbie Callens. You can follow him on Twitter at rcallens. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. Thanks, bud.